Right, because I wasn't, I wasn't trying to grow. I was just like allowing it to happen, where I think I had been avoiding confronting a lot of my own feelings and thoughts for so long. I almost stopped the avoiding, which allowed new thoughts and, and desire to grow and feelings to come in. And, you know, let's say if I had approached it very intentionally, like, all right, I am going to walk on the beach every day and do this every day and every weekend, every Saturday, I'm going to watch the sunrise. And this is what I'm going to do so that I think and that I grow like good, great intention. But like, let's say I miss a day, you know what I mean? Then it's like, we can take these things that we're trying to do for good, but like be like too directive about them and too strict about them. And then, but then where is the also just giving ourselves grace to be wherever we are? Okay. Well, I missed the gym this morning or I, I slept in and, and missed the sunrise. And like, that's okay too. So that's something like I'm, I'm working on, especially to this day, as I live in this world of, you know, personal growth and personal development and self-love. And there's all this stuff you can do, you know, you get up and you meditate and you know, whatever it may be. But I think it's this balance of allowing yourself to be wherever you are and accepting where you are in your process while also recognizing there's always growth out there, but like not trying to force yourself into it and then judging yourself when you quote unquote fail. That's Casey Main, and I'm Brian Felchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome back for another episode of the Do A Day podcast. Today's guest is Casey Main. Casey had me on her show. As you know, often I've had guests on who have had me on their show, and it's because we make a connection around this shared purpose of talking about our story, what we've learned and grown from it to help others. And that's exactly what Casey is doing in her work. So she's going to get into her story that led to this book she wrote called I Gave Up Men for Lent. It's a really provocative title, but it's actually true. She literally gave up men for Lent on the back of this wake-up moment. Literally, she woke up one morning uh, after doing something that she was really not happy about that forced her to look at how she was living her life and realizing that she was really living it around pleasing the expectations or living up to the expectations of those around her, either expressly given her or maybe she was putting them in her own head on their behalf. And she shares that story and what she went through during Lent, 40 days, to change how she was living and really who she was. It ended up leading to uh, not just a different relationship to relationships, but alcohol, uh, her job. She completely changed her career and ultimately led to putting out this book, I Gave Up Men for Lent. Um, she also has a podcast called The Better You Podcast that I was on, and um she really just has a really uh, peaceful, clear way of talking about what was not a forced journey or forced introspective waking up, but actually one that she just kind of flowed with and allowed herself to build awareness and comfort with. And I think that's something a lot of us can benefit from because some of us are really like the forced, clear, directed path, and some of us don't take as well to that. But Casey makes a really interesting point about when you're much more directive and forced with it, 
maybe you don't have the compassion for those times where you're not doing exactly what you said you were going to do. And maybe not doing exactly what you said you were going to do benefits you in that moment. So it's a really interesting take on the whole idea of self-growth and introspection and how Casey went about that to make room to create change in her life. So let's jump in to the episode with Casey Main. Casey Main, thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So we we will get into your backstory and why you quit men. Um, <laughs> should, I should stop saying that and just let you tell your own, your own <laughs> funny way of, of framing the current. But I would love to hear just kind of the high level of what you're all about these days, and then we'll build to how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a writer. I'm a freelance writer and an author. So I have a book out there, which I know we will get into, titled I Gave Up Men for Lent. Um, and then I also write on, um, I'm a contributor for Pop Sugar, and then I also publish on my own blog on caseymain.com, uh, Medium, and I've got a lot of articles out there on Thought Catalog. And then I do some other kind of freelance work helping other people who just need help with writing. Um, I do a little bit of book coaching for people who want to write their first book but think that they can't do it, and mm. I, I help them through that process because I just... If anyone can do it, I can do it because I knew nothing about the writing or publishing world going into it. And then I also host a podcast called The Better You Podcast, which is only about six months old, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And um, I'm, I'm starting to dedicate more time to that to really try and grow it. Awesome. And um, I'm super biased, but it's a very good show. The uh, the <laughs> guests are, are amazing. Obviously, uh, I got to be on it recently, but you saying you're having a lot of fun with it really comes across in how you share the show out and talk about it. And, um, so I, I think that's really like, no one's going to say that they don't enjoy doing their show, but, um, I get to watch a lot of hosts live that enjoy or not enjoy mm -hmm. kind of mentality. And you clearly are enjoying it, which is very cool. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Cause it's essentially, I get to just talk to really interesting and inspiring people like you about their stories and their perspective. And I could talk about this kind of stuff, you know, self-love, personal development, whatever you want to call it all day long. And so now I get mm. to, you know, record it and then try and try and make a little business out of it, which is just, I don't know. I'm, it is, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, and I would like us to make a point of not talking about the weather in Florida at all throughout this entire show. Um, cause that, that, yeah. All right. Um, amazing. Okay. So let's, let's get back into how you arrived at doing all this and giving up men for Lent. And I should say it was just for that Lent period. You didn't, um, you haven't yes. sworn us off completely. No, Otherwise, no, I'm not. I wouldn't and I, be here. And also like a little caveat I like to just throw out there because some people immediately are like, oh, God, but I am not anti-men. My book is not anti-men. It really in no way does any of my messaging blame men for anything. It was more just I needed some space to actually realize that I was the problem, not men. So that mm. was the big like aha moment. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I find like having having put out a couple of books, like choosing the title is is probably like maybe not the hardest part of it, but it's certainly up there and you really rack your brain with like wanting to convey what the book's about, but also wanting it to grab people. But what, you know, mm -hmm. it's a tough thing. It's a great title. Um, Thank you. And, and obviously you wouldn't have had me on your show if you actually blame men for everything <laughs> and, and swore us off. Um, so 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the, basically, this all came to be. It was um, 2017 was just a absolute life changing year for me. And I, little backstory, like I had a great life by all standards. I mean, I had a good job. Um, I had a great family, close friends, cute apartment. I mean, I was 32 at the time and single. So one could argue that, you know, that area wasn't great. Um, and at the time I would have argued that for sure, but I didn't really have any real reason to be unhappy. Like I didn't have a lot of struggle or hardships in my life. And I think, I think that's kind of a common theme where if, you know, you don't have anything wrong with your life on paper, then you kind of talk yourself out of actually acknowledging or validating or digging into any feelings of unhappiness that you do have. So I just, I was just very disconnected from my life. It's almost like, I mean, I was doing it, but I was kind of like going through the motions and just not really excited about it. I didn't feel really inspired or, or happy. I just felt, um, I describe it in the book as like, just blah. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I was depressed. Um, but I wasn't happy. I was just kind of nothing. Yeah. And I had a, I had a very, I guess, tumultuous relationship history in in my twenties and into my early thirties, where I was in these relationships that weren't good situations. Um, and again, I was not, I, I don't try and play the victim. I did for a long time, but it was more, you know, I was choosing to stay in these relationships for a, a variety of reasons and, and none of them were, were good situations. So I kind of go through all those in the book. I mean, I'm talking other woman type scenarios, mm. just, it was not, I was not making smart decisions when it, when it came to men. Where you and, were the other woman? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was, I was the other woman. Um, not proud of that, but again, it is, it is what it is. Can um, I, I, can I ask you, it. were you, were you aware at the time or you found out after yes. the fact and then, okay. I, I was, well, there were, so there was one situation where I wasn't aware and then I found out and then I went from that situation into, uh, the next relationship where I knew from the very beginning. So I was just like spiraling yeah. downward out, out of control. And it was, so it was early in the year, 2017. And I had become aware of this pattern of mine where I was solely focused on finding a relationship. Like I was just so zeroed in on it. And it had gotten to this point where I was all consumed with whether or not somebody else showed interest in me, not if I actually had any interest in them. And so I knew that, you know, once anybody started to give me any attention, I would just get all excited because I guess it would just like stroke my ego or I would start to go down that line of thinking like, oh, maybe this is going to be this great relationship and he's going to end up being the one that, you know, I marry. And and I then I check all those boxes of marriage and babies and everything I'm, you know, quote unquote, supposed to do. And it's like I, I knew that I, I had the tendency to do that, but I couldn't stop myself from doing it. Like right. I, I was aware of it, but I kept falling into that pattern. And there was an incident where I went out just um, out for drinks, bar hopping with a good guy friend of mine who had um, a girlfriend at the time who I knew. And we ended up drinking too much and and making out. And the next morning after that, I was like, it was just this kind of slap in the face, wake up call of, you know, regret and guilt. And then also just anger with myself and realizing something's got to change. Like something I'm doing is not working. 
and and I've I've got to change. And it was right when Lent was coming up. Lent started, I think, March first that year. And I grew up Catholic. I was never really a very religious person, but I always liked the idea and concept of Lent because I kind of liked the challenge of, you know, giving something up for 40 days. So I, I just decided to give up men. I just decided that I was, I needed a break from it because I yeah. was in a really negative headspace. And I, even though I was aware of my patterns, I couldn't seem to break them on my own. So that's why I decided to give up men. I then actually threw in a couple other things because I didn't want to look like just that really jaded girl that gave up men for Lent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I included uh, social media sweets and hard liquor. Um, and, and, and yeah, that ended up being an extremely life-changing 40 days. But I didn't know that going into it. I just knew I needed to do something. All right. I got I to go back to... What, like the recognition is huge because a lot of people don't actually have that self-awareness. So I'm, I'm thankful that you had it. And even, you know, you could say like you had this like terrible morning when you woke up after, you know, getting super drunk and, and hooking up with your friend's guy. Um, but a lot of people still have those kinds of things and don't necessarily come to that realization. Why do you think, I mean, whether it's that situation or something else, you know, like I go through this with people I coach where they're like, you know, I haven't had a wake up moment, so I can't change. And then I talk to other people who've had wake up moments and they still don't change. And of course, like what is and isn't a wake up mo moment is subjective. So the, the mm -hmm. question is always whether you actually wake up. Why do you think that like that time did it for you? Oh, that is such a great question. And honestly, I don't. I don't entirely know the answer. It, it might have been. You know, I could look at it that it was just kind of the luck of timing that that happened right before Lent, because I, I think one of the difference makers is whether or not you change something like change something kind of big about how you live your life, not just try and change your mindset. And, mm -hmm. and I think that can make the difference between whether or not your breaking point slash wake up moment actually becomes a wake up moment. because that moment for me was just, I don't know, I guess maybe it was a little bit of desperation of like, I've tried everything else. Like I've tried to realize, you know, in my own head, my patterns and change them. And that still didn't happen. And, you know, I just, I think I had reached this point of I, like, I don't know what else to do other yeah. than, other than take some space. And so I could have, just been like, okay, I'm never going to do that again. And, you know, continue on as I was continuing on. Um, but in, I didn't like, instead I decided to, to take that, like eliminate the issue, not the issue, but eliminate where the issue was manifesting yeah. altogether, which kind of forced me to then really go introspective and, and reflect on my life. Yeah. And if you had tried things before, like you said, you've you tried other things and it hadn't worked. Why did you think this was going to be different? Like, you know, it's, whether it's about men or about anything else, there's a lot of people who are like, I need to stop doing X. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, today's the day, you know, like that starting the diet on Monday kind of thing. And by 10 o'clock that morning, they're done. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're falling off the wagon, so to speak. So why do you think what, 
why did you think going into it that this would be different? And what did you do to make sure it was different? Well, see, this or I don't know. I don't know how much you're going to love my answer because oh, I don't care if it's I real, then of, it's the right answer. <laughs> I kind of I now believe that, you know, we're all we're all in process and we're we're somewhere along that process of of change or our process of life or our process of learning, how, however you want to look at it. and you can kind of only ever be where you are. Mm. And I think the first step of making any kind of change is that awareness, but you might have to sit in that step of awareness yet not changing for a while. And I know like someone could hear that and use it as an excuse to, to not change, but I've just learned through my own life as well as, as watching and, and talking to other people like we're never going to do anything before we're actually ready. And I think the nuances that that turn us from not ready to ready are super subtle. And so while, you know, you might think I I need to stop doing this, I need to stop doing this, yet you're not stopping it. You might think you're not making any progress, but I would argue that you actually are just continuing to sit in that awareness that you need to stop like you will reach that point where you do yeah. it's just it's going to be in your own time that makes sense for you and makes sense for your life and unfortunately that's why i guess they say hindsight is 2020 like we don't always we don't know why it's taking so long in the moment but then later we're able to look back and be like oh okay so like for me i think it was a combination of things where you know i was i was 32 and single. So I was really starting to feel the pressures of, you know, from myself, but also from my external environment of people asking me like, Oh, like, are you dating anyone? Do you not want to get married? You don't want to have kids. And, um, you know, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, which is really still pretty Southern mentality. Like when I lived in, in the Miami area to be my age and single, wasn't as big of a deal, but then I moved back here and, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of questions. Um, on top of that, I wasn't feeling really passionate and connected to my to my job and my career. I was feeling like I didn't know what I wanted in that aspect of my life. So it's kind of like every part of my life was disconnected. Mm. I was I was focused solely on the relationship thing because that's all I was aware of. But you know, every even then, like my relationship with alcohol, and that's been something I've kind of gone back and forth with, and my relationship with my family was still a little bit strained from all of my horrible relationships in my twenties and the drama that that caused with our family. So I think there was all this stuff within my own life that I was avoiding and not dealing with. And Mm. then it all caught up to me. I'm really glad you just made that point because I think this is one of the tricks people get into where they think the issue they've identified is isolated. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, everything's good except this one thing. Well, is it really, you know, are you being honest with yourself? Are there more things that whether they're good or not could or should be better or would be better if this one thing wasn't the way it is? Like we're not these compartmentalized pieces where it's like, you know, you can have this terrible relationship over here, but everything else is perfect. Like things do spill across boundaries in our lives. For sure. And I think we want to point we want to point to one issue because one issue is easier to, or one area is easier to fix than, than all of them. And, and really what happened for me is removing all that stuff, giving all that stuff up for Lent 
I, it was, they were all things that just distracted me from, from dealing with my actual feelings and really thinking about my life and if I was happy and and what I wanted out of it. And so the book really kind of is a combination of my like thoughts and, and questions I'm asking myself at that moment, but then also reflecting back on the past. And the whole thing just became this huge realization that I wasn't really living my life for me. I mean, back to, you know, where I decided to go to college, like I just constantly weighed other people's opinions or or thoughts on what I should do or kind of my own assumptions of what I should do based on what was quote unquote normal. I weighed that over what just felt right for me. And Mm -hmm. so I had gotten just very disconnected. I think, like I say, off track from the life I would have like set out and designed for myself when I was younger, I had just gotten away from all of that. So, and then that was showing up in every aspect of my life. But like, that was, that was the real issue is that I wasn't choosing me and living the life I want over what I thought other people wanted for me, which I think is a, a really common theme, um, these days is because, you know, there's, what's normal, you know, on a bigger level of society. And then, you know, the world you grow up in. So your family, your friends, what everyone else is doing. And if you have close family and close friends, like I did, then, you know, you can be very opinionated about each other's lives and it's all coming from a good place, a loving place. Yes. But sometimes what my wonderful love me to death parents thought was right for me was different from what I wanted for myself. But I, I trusted them over. I trusted over trusting myself. Mm. No, I think this is a, it's a really common issue, regardless of where the source of the, I don't want to call it misdirection because it's well intentioned, but mm-hmm. the source of us getting on these train rides at different points in our lives. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that I coach are in specific age sets. And the reason is because they've come to one of these moments where the train they just got on, you know, like when they were 18, choosing where to go to college they wake up somewhere in their twenties. Like, wait, why, what, like, what yep. am I doing here with the, this is nothing to do with who I am. Cause you can't expect your 18 year old self to make the same kind of decisions that your 28 year old self would, or your 38 or 48 or whatever, especially, you know, if, if those decisions are really the choices others are making on our behalf, which mm-hmm. may be okay. They may not right. be, we may not know ourselves enough yet. Right. And I, and I think that, and that's why, like, I'm all about a lot of my writing and my podcast is very much about our relationship with ourselves. because mm. you're right. When we're, when we're in those younger years, like we, we might be aware of what feels right for us, but we don't listen to that for a variety of reasons. Some of them, you know, are understandable and others are just like, we're not strong enough to stand up for ourselves. Yeah. So, and, and just kind of that concept of realizing, okay, I have a relationship with me that I had been ignoring for, I don't even know how long because, you know, of a myriad of insecurities and people pleasing tendencies and all this stuff, I had become this version of myself that was very off from what really felt right to me. And so when I removed all those distractions and kind of went into this self-reflective mode and I did a lot of journaling, like the book is essentially just a journal through those 40 days. And, and I think there's a lot of power in journaling or in writing your story, because like we could think about things all day long, but thinking about, so like for me, like thinking about past relationships 
versus sitting down and trying to write it out as if it was a story you were telling somebody else. There's just no denying your your patterns when you when you write it out as like what actually happened. And yeah. and so I'm I'm a big believer in in journaling and writing because it just forces our mind, which moves so fast and bounces from idea and idea to kind of putting them in these complete sentences in a timeline. And then when you go back and look at that, you're like, huh, here, like I always thought that, you know, this individual didn't choose to be with me, but look at all these spots where I messed it up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're able to take a little bit more accountability for your life, which is scary at first, but you know, it's also kind of this huge moment of, Oh, okay. Like if I'm in charge of my life and I've brought myself through every mistake, then I, I can change it because I'm in charge of my life. So that was like a big realization for me. Yeah. So Casey, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is kind of the point I wanted to get into. It's not just like I gave up this, I gave up that and everything was fine. What you did was you took away the distraction, the noise that was keeping you from looking at yourself. And it was that process. So walk me through it. In addition to journaling, like what did you do across those 40 days to have the impact on yourself? Cause you, you really have made a dramatic shift across, I mean, pretty holistically, you know, what, what you do for for work, what you're oh, yeah. doing in relation, like everything is, is very different. You're a very different person while still being you. Mm-hmm. So w- what was the process to create that self-awareness, that growth, that transition or transformation? So I, so I will say, um, so I'll start with kind of a, my, another wake up moment, I guess like the morning after the drunken makeout was kind of a, a wake up realization that something needed to change. But then I had kind of a second wake up moment of, okay, you, this is, you need to figure this out. And that it was very early into Lent and it was, um, like I think a Friday evening and I had gone to the gym instead of going to happy hour going out. So I had given up all this stuff for Lent. So, um, so I went to the gym and my trainer was there and I knew that he liked to work out to, um, instead of music, these like motivational YouTube videos. And so I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to the music that was on. We were the only people in the gym because it was a Friday during like normal happy hour. And so I told him, I'm like, you can go ahead and put on your motivational stuff. Like, I don't care. I'm not really, I'm not really listening anyways. And what's so funny about this is historically, I was just anti everything that could possibly fall under like self-help or motivation, like to the point where I would make fun of it, like in my twenties, mm. which is now just so ironic because now that is the world I'm just a hundred percent in. But so it's just, so he, so he started listening to these videos and there was this one that I all of a sudden caught myself. Like I was just sitting on the rowing machine, like not rowing. Cause I had just started listening to this video and it was asking like, do you feel disconnected? Like, do you feel like pretty much just describing everything I was feeling? And I'm like, Oh my God, like, yes, I do. And then some other people walked into the gym. So he switched it back over to music because that's a normal thing to have going on in the gym. And I just remember thinking, Oh my God, like I wanted to know what did the rest of that video say? Like I need the answer because this, this person I don't know on this motivational YouTube video just pointed out to me that I'm these feelings. I wasn't even really aware of that. I'm just kind of totally disconnected from my life. So I went home, I put on YouTube on my TV to the channel he said he was listening to and just kind of had it on while I'm, you know, making dinner and whatever. 
And so I'm sitting there eating my dinner and this other video comes on and it was all asking like, what is your purpose? Like, what is your why? Why are you here in this life? Like, what are you here to do? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? And I remember sitting there and just, it was like a punch in the gut. And I was like, I do not know what my purpose is. And I've never thought about it. No one's ever asked me. Like, I've never analyzed this question. Like, this has not been on my radar at all. And so that was just this huge wake up moment for me that, hey, maybe there's a bigger point to this whole life thing. And I don't know what mine is. And so I went to bed that night, really kind of annoyed. And I got up in the morning and I, this is one thing that the 40 days entailed is I got into this habit of getting up and going to the beach and watching the sunrise. And I kind of had this rule to not have my phone on. I mean, it was early in the morning, so people weren't really awake anyways, but, and I had given up social media. So that was, that was huge. Mm. Uh, And so I went to the beach, I watched the sunrise and I just, I decided to just go for a walk on the beach and try and think about purpose and like, what is, what is my purpose? And so that really opened up, opened up the doors for me to really dig into and analyze my life. So the 40 days turned into a lot of journaling. I, I promised myself I would journal every day. I really enjoyed these motivational YouTube videos, which I just still found so ironic because I used to be so against them. So I started um, listening to those every morning when I first woke up and started getting ready for work um, where I used to have the news on. And so instead, I just started listening to this positive messaging first thing in the morning. Um, On the weekends, I would either both Saturday or Sunday or either or I would try and get to the beach and watch a sunrise. And then I found this just great little kind of mile and a half down, mile and a half back, three mile walk I could do on the beach. So I would do that on the weekends. If I got home from work early enough in the evening and it was still light, like I would go for a walk on the beach. So I, without really realizing the impact it would have, I just started spending a lot more quiet alone time with myself thinking or writing or listening to something positive and thought provoking or kind of outside in nature. And now I know kind of the information and research that, that backs why all that stuff is important. But at the time, I kind of just fell into all of it. I love that, that when you say fell into all of it, like it is very consuming, sounds negative, but like you can really start to go with so much of it. And that's exactly what you did. Like it, it's a very, um, like one thing leads to, to another kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you allow it to, and it sounds like you really went in with your whole heart and brought all these different ways to start to, to grow. Yeah. And I think what the, the reason I was able to do that is because I think I just started to notice that I felt better. And I think I, I was not in touch with my feelings. I, again, like I said, I was just kind of blah, like I was just kind of numb to everything. Yeah. And I started to just notice that I felt better when I went for a walk on the beach or I watched a sunrise and I felt much more positive throughout the day when I started my day listening to something like inspiring and motivational versus the news, which as we all know, and even back then it was still just relatively negative. And so I just, I felt better. And so that, 
that absolutely spurred me to continue doing it because it just, it felt good to feel good. Yeah. Do you, did you feel a sense of directedness in what you looked at when and why and, and how you, I mean, like the journaling sort of naturally creates a, a cadence and a rhythm and a, um, a path, but some of these other things, some of the external inspiration, were you really just sort of like, let me take these things in or was it more, this is what I want to work on. This is what I want to seek out. No, it was just kind of let me take these things in. And I, at the time, lived only a couple blocks from the beach. So it's kind of fortunate that it was an easy walk over there. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is funny when I look back on it that I did, that I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't intentional about any of it. I really did just kind of fall into it, notice I was feeling better and continue to go with it. And I think you can have the same result if you do it intentionally. But again, I think that's where you've got to be ready for certain changes in your life. And I think there was an element of surrender for me at that time, because I just was like, all right, well, whatever, I'm giving up all this stuff, like, I don't know what else to do. So I was in this place of really kind of being open to anything, because nothing else seemed to be working. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah, like you're saying, I haven't really thought about being like too directed sounds very judgmental. I'm really aware of like whether I'm saying things negatively today or not. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) But whether like direction is fine if it's the right direction and, and almost going back to the comment about like what school to go to, there's direction in that. And whether it's your own direction or someone else's, unless you really know where it's all heading, that direction can be limiting or it can set you in the wrong path. And so I think this aspect of like, look, I'm going to keep going on this journey. I'm going to have a piece of me that's very open to what comes out, seeking inspiration from the outside, whether it's a sunrise or a a talk I listen to or whatever, um, just allowing for different ways that growth can set in. Mm -hmm. These are really beautiful because there's so much about ourselves we don't understand. There's so much going on subconsciously and with our past. And we can't, no matter how enlightened we are, we can't really know everything that we need to know about. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's sort of like uh, that freedom actually could be a big piece of why you were able to make such a transformation. Right. Because I wasn't I wasn't trying to grow. I was just like allowing it to happen where I think I had been avoiding confronting a lot of my own feelings and thoughts for so long, I almost stopped the avoiding, which allowed new thoughts and and desire to grow and feelings to come in. And I found that like life just has so many interesting dualities. And so I really think it's all about finding that very delicate balance between them. Because, you know, let's say if I had approached it very intentionally, like, all right, I am going to walk on the beach every day and do this every day. And every weekend, every Saturday, I'm going to watch the sunrise. And this is what I'm going to do so that I think and that I grow like good, great intention. But like, let's say I miss a day, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Then, then it's like, we can take these things that we're trying to do for good. But like you, like you said, almost be like too directive about them and too strict about them. And then, but then where is the also just giving ourselves grace to be wherever we are. Okay. Well, I missed the gym this morning or I, I slept in and and missed the sunrise and like, that's okay too. So that's something like I'm, I'm working on, especially to this day, as I live in this world of, you know, personal 
self-growth and personal development and self-love. And there's all this stuff you can do. You know, you get up and you meditate and you breathe the exercise, you walk outside, you know, whatever it may be. But I think it's this balance of allowing yourself to be wherever you are and, and accepting where you are in your process while also recognizing there's always growth out there, but like not trying to force yourself into it and then judging yourself when you quote unquote fail. Yeah. That's, that's, I really like that. Um, and it is, it's a really tough thing. And especially if the, the situation you're coming in from is one of not valuing yourself enough to begin with Mm -hmm. that, like that, that little voice is going to be pretty prevalent. And so maybe having some more freedom allows that voice to have less strength. Yes. That that failure judgment. Yeah, you're right. It it is. Everything is so subtle. And this is where I do think, you know, awareness can be your best friend, even just notice like, okay, um, you know, I'm going to use the example, like going to the gym, like I didn't, I didn't go to the gym this morning. And so that kind of leaves that space for that negative, insecure voice within me to be like, you know, you ate this and that yesterday, you should have gone to the gym, like you're going to get fat, it's the holidays, blah, blah, blah. And, and maybe I can't totally quiet that voice. But just that awareness of me like, huh, look at that, like, here I am trying to give myself grace and freedom, yet also I'm still kind of beating myself up over it. Like, I really, I think that that just that awareness has a lot more power than we realize. And we don't think it does because we don't see ourselves as actually doing anything, which we're very driven by like, you know, external results that validate our progress. But I I don't know. I've just found that just being aware of things can be progress all in itself. Yeah. No, that's really true. And so this is something uh, that comes up a lot with people who are trying to get into meditation. Like we, we don't need to silence it. So people are like, oh, and then, you know, 30 seconds in, I started thinking about last time I made popcorn. It's like, wait, what does that have to do with anything? And then 10 minutes or 10 seconds after that, I'm thinking about, you know, whether I'm going to go to this thing on Saturday. It's like, you know, all these other thoughts come in and they judge themselves for it. And they're like, I tried to shut it down. That's, it's not about shutting it down. It's like, I'm having another thought. I'm going to park that and I'm going to come back to center. And then reflecting on why you had it. It's the same thing here. It's like, don't don't then judge yourself for judging yourself and then you can judge yourself for judging yourself for judging yourself (laughs) it's it's okay exactly i think exactly people say that you know you're so right meditation the true meditation isn't silencing your mind it's just noticing your thoughts coming back noticing your thoughts coming back like that is the power of meditation and then that can be the same thing for all aspects of life like noticing oh look i did that thing again Oh, okay. Well, I'm aware of it. Like it, it's kind of what you and I talked about in, in your episode on my show is just allowing whatever happened to happen, digging into it, trying to understand it to creating that awareness of it. Like, I think that's where the growth really comes from, not trying to kind of force it from top down of like, Oh, well, I've got to do this. It's more from like bottom up. Yeah. Yeah. No, very true. And it, all of this stuff, all of it takes, uh, I was going to say suspension and judgment, but it's not suspension. It's like, r- note it, understand why, it, where it came from, and talk to yourself about whether that's fair or not, and what it might be um, illuminating to you, and where it might be coming from past thought patterns. 
so you can move forward. Mm-hmm. So the 40 days goes by. What happens on the back of that? <laughs> oh, so, you know, I'd love to say, oh, yeah, that 40 days and then boom, then you're fine. fine. Yeah. No, that 40 days was a big um, just kind of going back to awareness that I had gotten off track from my life mm. and the kind of life I wanted to be living and how much I wasn't fostering, you know, my own relationship with myself. And so then after four days, it was like, all right, well, now what? Like, what am I going to do about it? And that's where I had to start really the the change process, which was not easy or comfortable for me or even people in my life that I was close to because they were used to me being a certain way. And, you know, when you start to change, sometimes that that's tough for people. Yeah. Um, because they they know you, they love you a certain way. If you start to make changes, even though it's for the better, sometimes that calls out things in them that they want to change about themselves, but yeah. haven't yet. And so then you get a negative reaction. And yeah. um, so I I ended up then after the four days, I ended up then taking a break from drinking altogether, just because I had always been a little bit of a party girl. Um, I don't think I had a drinking problem by, you know, the, the definition of the world, but that was just, that had become very much a part of my identity that like yeah. I was this party girl and, and that's what I did. And I thought when you said you gave up hard alcohol and like, why, why just that? Like, so, <laughs> so that's kind of signaled like, oh, this is a really big change and I got to take it one piece at a time. Yeah. So that was, um, I think I knew I needed a reset of what I wanted my relationship with drinking to be. I just wasn't really ready at that point in time. And so I, I gave up for the Lent hard liquor because, um, I think I wasn't strong enough to give up drinking altogether mm. for 40 days. I didn't want to answer those questions and fight those battles. Like, I mean, my friends, my family, it's a kind of a socially drinking environment. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew I could, I don't know. I want to say like control myself better if I stayed away from like, I love going to be drinking liquor. It's vodka. And, um, you know, I'm Irish and Catholic. So, I mean, I can, I can put away some drinks. And so that's why I, that's why I just did hard liquor during Lent. But then afterwards it kind of became this bigger reset of, okay, there's all these areas of my life where I'm living in a certain way for reasons that aren't my reasons. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wanted that same reset for drinking to be like, okay, like, am I, is drinking a part of so much a part of my social life because I want it to be, or because it just always has been. And that's kind of the environment I grew up in. And so that is what is my normal, but it's not everybody's normal. So, you know, I wanted to, I wanted again, more space to then figure out what I wanted my relationship with, with drinking to be. Um, and then I really, I didn't, I still stayed away from dating for a while because I, I knew I wasn't ready. Like I knew I needed to get to this point of removing the need element. Cause I had this huge mental, like this need to be in a relationship because I needed to get married because I needed to have children because mm. of all these things of what I, as a woman, am supposed to do. And I, I wanted, to, and I knew that that's what was driving this every time I was in any kind of a beginning relationship scenario or any guy kind of showed interest 
that need allowed my brain to go down, you know, the, oh, maybe this is the person and blah, 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 and this is going to be the wedding and all that stuff. So I think that's to go back to an earlier question. I think I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from that pattern because I hadn't figured out the root issue of it. And the root issue of it was that like, I felt like I needed to be in a relationship. Why? Because I'm not enough on my own. Mm. And I think so much of that, our stuff comes back to some deeper rooted issue of feeling unworthy or, or unlovable or something. And so mine was that I, I, I needed that relationship because I wasn't enough on my own, which then really showed up in all other aspects of my life where it's like, I wasn't choosing me. Like I wasn't okay just as me. And so then that's why I was so susceptible to doing what everybody else thought was better for my life because I wasn't, I wasn't choosing me. And so undoing all that and and changing all that really, it, it, it was a long process. Um, and it was very much kind of going back to our like meditation analogy of where I would try stuff here. I would quote unquote fail and just recognize it and be like, okay, then take a couple more steps back, both in dating and drinking in relationships with my family. And, you know, when they expressed, um, concern or just an opinion on something I was doing with my life to not just immediately, if it was different than what the decision I wanted to make, like not immediately fold and just do what they wanted to do. But then on the flip side, not get super defensive and push them away, but kind of find that middle of, okay, thank you for your advice. I hear it. I understand where you're coming from. I know it's well-intentioned, but I'm going to do this because this is what feels right for me. Um, so there was a lot of that. Like when I decided to quit my successful corporate job and pursue this, you know, different and unknown world of freelance writing and being an author and podcaster and all that stuff. I mean, to put things into perspective, the job I left, I was the operations manager for a commercial plumbing and mechanical contracting company. Like that, that's, that's the job I had, Okay. which could not be further from like what I do now, you know? So it it was, it was a lot of little internal changes and then, you know, overcoming the fear to, to make some external changes so that my outer life could reflect what I really wanted. So I had a question all lined up and then you said something a couple minutes ago that like totally stuck with me. So I want to, I want to give some some space ironically to that. You said it's about making more space. And that's a theme that I've heard consistently as we've talked, like whether it's in a specific area or overall, you've done things to make space for your own growth, for your own exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I know what the title of this episode is going to be, but um, <laughs> that's I think that's a point for people to just kind of to have it stick with them and to think about like, where are you? not making space for your own growth and where could you make some space? And it's like your, your alcohol example, like, you know, you could have just said like no drinking and that would have given you even more space, but it also maybe would have made that space shaky or uncomfortable enough that you didn't really dig into it. And so recognizing like we can make a little space and make some more, like knowing yourself and the different areas you're trying to make space so that you can do it in a way that pushes you, but doesn't you know, risk you not making the most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that's so funny that I just had a little realization of, you know, that I have talked a lot about space and that is something I now think is so important. And I remember before I got into this, this whole world, like 
people would talk about, oh, well, you got to create space. And I would just negative react to that. Like, well, I don't even know what that means. Like, this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And now I think it really is, I guess it is like that awareness. And we're, we're, we live our lives these days so busy and constantly doing that there is no quiet time. There is no time or space to really stop and analyze why we're doing what we're doing or why we're not doing what we want to be doing. And just all those elements of like introspection and, and self-reflection. And, and, and that, I guess, is what, what I really mean by space is kind of an, almost analyzing yourself as much as we do other people. Cause we have no problem analyzing, you know, other people from people right. in our lives. to like people on TV, well, why do you think she did this? Well, I think blah, blah, blah. But like, we don't turn that around on ourselves. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, all right. So people are going to sit with this idea of more space and maybe look around, see the clutter that's keeping them from, I say this as I look into a corner of the room I'm in that has a lot of clutter in it. So <laughs> asking for a friend. Um, the other thing, so the question that, that I wanted to ask specifically before, you know, needing to pause in that idea is, um, and maybe it's a good one to start to wrap up on, what was the hardest change? I was going to ask both for you and for those around you, which change kind of unsettled them the most, but I'm most interested in, in what was the hardest one for you? Uh, the hardest one for me was trying to get over not caring what other people thought. Mm. And I think that a lot of my, okay, so how am I going to say it? So like I was in, in high school and college and, you know, twenties, I think part of the reason I was kind of party girl is like, I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted. And that all stemmed from, you know, an insecurity. Um, obviously I think a lot of us fight and why we, why we, um, strive for acceptance. So what other people thought about how I was living my life and the decisions I was making mattered a lot to me. And that was a big realization because I've always been, or at least appeared to be uh, this and pretended to be this like strong, independent female. So then realizing, admitting and admitting like, oh my gosh, I really care a lot about what other people think. Um, that was a hard pill to swallow. And then it was even harder to overcome, especially mm. when I took my pause from drinking. And then, which really then kind of turned in overall that like, I don't, I don't spend my weekends, you know, going out to the bar or going to like boozy brunches anymore. I mean, I will occasionally if it's you know, somebody's birthday or something, whatever, but my, how I live my day-to-day -day life has, has changed so much, especially on the social end. So to kind of get over my need to be quote unquote cool was really hard for me. And I still, I, I think I'm, I think I'm almost completely over it, but I'll still have those moments where I almost like miss being like the cool, popular party girl, mm. but recognizing like I, she wasn't happy, like, but, but it's a process I think to let go of past versions of ourselves that weren't working for us or that were working for us at one time and then are no longer working for us. So, you know, I think again, another place where we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace, be like, okay, well, it's okay to miss her every now and then she was fun. She was, she was fun to hang out with. She was fun to be, but that doesn't work for me yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, wow. That is, that's a really, 
well, I appreciate your honesty on that. And that's hitting me too. Um, not that I was ever fun, but if I was like, so I, I went through a change personally around like, you know, going out with my, my friends to clubs and whatever, um, you know, have a few drinks, try to meet people, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, met my wife and obviously that changed. And I remember like I was back in town, like I, I, I was away at, at business school and I met her. I came back to Boston to see some friends and we went to one of those clubs and I immediately like felt myself back in that mode. And it hit me as like, whoa, this is not who you are. Like mm -hmm. you're not here in the same way you used to be here. It felt weird. It felt awkward. And a piece of me, you know, I'm going to admit this, like a piece of me missed it or had a moment yeah. of like, oh, remember that? Those were fun days. And they can still be fun memories, but comparing this to that and like, well, now I'm going to sit here and I'm not drinking and everyone else is and it feels weird and, um, you know, it turns into like, it's very much a living in the past kind of longing for that without remembering like, there's a reason why I'm not that anymore. Mm -hmm. And and in this moment of like longing for or missing, I'm not respecting the value of the change that I've made. And it was a good like, good little wake up. But yeah, I mean, that sat with me for a little while trying to work through that and not judge myself for that. You know, it doesn't mean like, I don't love this new woman in my life or, you know, the way that the path that I'm heading down, but I felt like I was disrespecting it by having that memory, which mm -hmm. you know, like, it, it just came to me. It's not like I chose to feel that way. Yeah. But it also told me I probably need to be more mindful of the situations I walk into and whether you know, they're, they're going to strike me that way or not. And do I need to be in that spot? Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. And I, there's this concept that, that I heard recently and, and it's helped me a lot because we tend to be, we tend to think very either or like mm. in that scenario, you're like, I'm either happier now, or I was happy then, or I'm either this person now, or I'm who I was back then. And I think life is a lot more both and versus yeah. either or. And so that is kind of this that you can sit in two seemingly opposites and like, that's okay. I think our brain has a hard time with that, yeah. but I think you can love who you are now and also miss and all and miss who you used to be at the same time. But it's like our brain kind of wants to choose one side or the other and then, you know, feel guilty for even ever glancing at the other side. And I don't, I don't know that that's necessary. Yeah. I think that it can be both and. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and that's an awesome place for us to wrap things up. That was really, um, yeah, you, you got me thinking about myself <laughs> more than I expected <laughs> to. Um, thank you so much for all that. Casey, where can people find you and, and your work and obviously pick up your book, but podcasts and everything that you got going on? Yeah. So the, the podcast is called the better you with Casey Maine. It, um, is now it should be just wherever you wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, the book is I gave up men for Lent. It is on Amazon, Audible, and Kindle. Um, the Audible is read by me, so that was a fun experience. Um, and my website is caseymain.com. There you can sign up for my emails, find all the socials. I'm on um, most of them. Um, some I understand more than others. I don't really get Twitter, <laughs> but you know, I'm learning. I'm learning in this process. So, <laughs> and I'll I'll link to all of that um, in the show notes so people can easily get to everything. The book, 
in all of its formats and good for you for recording your own audio book. And I also feel your pain. Yeah. It's not, no one <laughs> likes to listen to their own voice that much. I know. Oh yeah. It was rough. Um, but everyone always tells me you got to get over that as a podcaster because you're going to hear your voice a lot anyway. So maybe you're making that transition to being more comfortable with it, but it, yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And, and people can and should follow you because it is great, very um, honest content from someone who has been going, you know, you've gone through a transformation, but continue to. And that's mm -hmm. the other piece of this is the journey doesn't end. Yep. Um, we always get to grow. That's, that's a good thing. So don't just look for a solution and an answer in this second and assume that's it. Always discover something else. Um, Casey, are you ready to help me close out the show? Okay, I think I'm ready, yeah. <laughs> Today's a new day. So it's a great day to go out and do it, or if you don't, ask yourself why, and that answer is okay. Wow, this is very good. Thank you. Thank Try you very much. Trying to keep in theme with the, with the episode. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much for being on, Casey. Absolutely, thank you. Awesome, right? Really cool, different take on this whole self-growth approach. I love the honesty of, you know, not forcing it, not being overly prescriptive, but allowing, like that word allow, so crucial, allowing for the path to spend more time with yourself and your thoughts and work through them honestly, clearly, and see what comes out of it. And yeah, facing your own stuff, like that journaling turning into the book and the, the stories of how Casey was able to see her own hand in all of it through that process. Um, plus, you got to love sunrises on the beach in Florida. I'm sure that that had very inspirational uh, and direct impact on the growth that she went through. But she had to make all that happen. Um, so hopefully there are things that Casey shared that are resonating with you. I know for me, I definitely got something out of this, uh, not just when we recorded, when I went back and edited the show to produce it. I was like, yes, you know, can see yourself thinking about how you're living the places where you can increase some of those free moments or allow for some of those moments where the introspection can grow. Awesome, awesome conversation. I'm so thankful to Casey for joining us on the show and sharing her story. And of course, you know, doing it in her mediums, uh, her book, which I will link to all of that in the show notes. So you can get it on Kindle paperback. You can listen to Casey tell the story um, in her audiobook, and I definitely feel her pain. That is a very tough process to record your own book. Um, yeah, no one likes listening to their voice. Maybe some people do, but most people don't. And it's actually a huge amount of work to record an audiobook. You would be surprised. It ain't easy. Um, if you like audiobooks, you can get Casey's book. You can get both of my books, Do a Day in the 5075-100 Solution. Yes, narrated by me through Audible. And if you don't have a subscription, if you click on the links in this episode, um, you know, underneath all of my episodes, I link to my books and, and Audible is one of the links there. You can also go to doadaybook.com slash audible or 5075100.com slash audible. And when you go through to Audible, you can subscribe right there. And yes, I do get a benefit, a commission, a bounty, I think they call it, for any subscriptions that come through that way, full disclosure. So if you like what you're listening to uh, on this show, in the books, subscribing that way helps me out and helps me continue to put out that content. So 
it's uh, it's a nice way to throw some support back into the show. And of course, you can always get access to my books any way you like to consume them, paperback, Kindle, um, what else we got out there, Nook, Apple Books, um, Google Play Books, uh, Kobo, if you have a Kobo e-reader, um, really any format that you like to take your books in, and of course, the audiobooks that we mentioned. Um, so yeah, lots of different ways to take inspiration in. Just like what you're getting in this show, try to do the same thing in the book. So you can check out Casey's work, follow Casey, and again, I will link to all of her social in the show notes. And as she admitted, not so much into Twitter, but she's definitely into Instagram. She's pretty active there under both of her accounts, so I'll link to those. And you can follow me. I'm at Brian Falchuk on all social media. Um, that's not totally true. There's definitely there's a lot of different social media options, and I'm not in all of them. But the main ones, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, you can find me at all those as well. Okay, last thing, I've mentioned this before. If you are in a book club and you guys are looking for something to read and you read nonfiction, personal development, self-help, I have an awesome offer for you. You can get either of my books or both of them in the Empowerment Power Pack for 10% off. And I will sign them all send them directly to you for your book club and no additional charge. You can have a one hour, ask me anything or Q and a, whatever you want to call it session with me over video. We can do it over zoom or Skype or FaceTime, whatever you want to go deeper into any of the subject matter in the books, questions you guys may have things you took away from it that you want to discuss, maybe putting the work into your own shoes and wanted to talk through that really whatever you and your book club want. I'm all yours for an hour to dig into it. Just go to brianfalchuk.com slash book club. Easy to remember, right? You're in a book club, my name slash book club, simple. You can get the coupon code, the links, more information, take it from there. I would love to connect with you and your book club. I've done this with a bunch of different book clubs. It's been awesome. Either pre-recording something, so kind of a, a discussion with the book club leader or maybe the leader of that book's discussion series, um, or doing a live Q&A. They've both been, honestly, really awesome. I get a ton out of it. Um, it's so cool to see people who have read my work really digging into the content and wanting to discuss it, and I love being a part of that. So if that appeals to you, brianfelchuk.com slash book club. Otherwise, I've said it before. I will say it again. Today is a new day. You can all go out and do it and allow for that self-growth. Thanks, everyone.